0: Days of April. My name is Tom Chick, and my game of the week is not Metal Gear Solid.
1: Oh, I'm Jason McMaster. My game of the week is not Metal
2: Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty. <laughs> this is Nick Diamond, and my game of the week is not Don't Starve.
3: My Aww. name is Vicky, and my game of the week is not Cry of Fear.
0: We have a full house. I don't know that this podcast has ever had four people at once, so we – I'm not even sure that technology normally supports that. We are pushing the boundaries of technology today. Um, and because we have a full house, instead of our topic, which was probably just going to be, I don't know, grousing about City or something like that, we – are Braze berets. berets. Oh, berets. <laughs> I thought you meant like what donkeys do. Berets. We We what? could – yeah, we could bray about SimCity, like all this braying about you know SimCity not working. Uh, we could have made that our topic, Vicky. By the way, have you fiddled with SimCity? I think you mentioned that as something that you had been playing lately.
3: Yeah, uh, I actually own the game, and yeah, I've been playing it a little bit, and it's it's not as good as I thought it was going to be, but it's okay. Yeah,
0: Vicky, you're supposed to be angry.
3: Why am I supposed to be angry?
0: Um. Because the I don't know the the fire trucks don't go right or something.
3: No, they don't. They just kind of <laughs> clump. It's it's like a an artery being like like blood clumps in it. It's terrible. There and is a hold- certain
0: sclerotic quality to the traffic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and also I I I mean it it's certainly pretty, and I can enjoy thinking around with it, but just every now and then something doesn't work the way I expect it to work and it just makes me just want to stop playing and, and throw it down. Most recently I was I just made all this money in this successful city and I'm like, okay, now we're going to build a huge airport in the region and the airport won't work. Like, it's sort of like getting to this great in-game moment and that's where it breaks. I, I would have preferred that it would break early on so I knew not, not to play. Um, yeah, you, you made a giant mistake
1: adding me to that game. Because, of course, I pick something near you, and I'm going to
0: overpopulate with criminals. (laughs) 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 Criminals. Master, bring it. We've got a hearty police force. I think we've got something like 40 uh, patrol cars. Um, And if I have to, I'll hire that Mr. Maxis superhero dude. Oh, he doesn't
3: do anything.
0: He's useless. Well, do you know, Vicky? you have to send him out on missions manually.
3: I know. I've done it. And he just kind of patrols around, like, passing the criminals, and he just goes home and does nothing.
0: Vicky, have you upgraded to his Maxus mobile?
3: No, I mean, why would I bother? He's useless.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I can waste you...
3: money on something that doesn't work. That's just stupid.
0: But but he's he's a Maxus themed guy. He's a, uh, superheroes are all the rage nowadays. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't care about superheroes.
0: No, uh, there's also the supervillain, Doctor Doctor View. Is that who the bad guy is? Doctor like View. Yeah, right it's the four women they come out under the city they wreak havoc it's like I, yeah they, they chew people's ears off it's terrible luffy goldberg oh good lord uh, oh i don't want that in course. my city yeah i don't want that blonde conservative one she's the one keep her away from my city um elizabeth passelhoff is that right see how much i know about the view mcmaster you've outed me uh I did you? Oh, yeah. Oh
1: well, yeah, that actually is a lot to know. Um, I know, I know. I, th- I don't think I've ever seen it. I just,
0: it's like a buzzword for me. Well, so, no SimCity, let's, uh, oh, actually, I don't know, maybe it's one of y'all's Games of the Week, but before we get to Games of the Week, let's just duck into some News of the Week real quick. Uh, Nick, why don't you start us off? Uh, what do you have for us, for your pick as a News of the Week on this late week in April 2013?
2: <laughs> Well, one of the things that caused uh, a tiny bit of a stir, and it, it, was, it, it was sort of one of those news items that people just made a lot of fun of and laughed off right away, um, but I think a lot of people missed the bigger kind of picture here, and that's that Microsoft added a Pizza Hut uh, ordering a pizza app on the 360, which uses the Kinect controller to... Yeah, I guess you use your hand motions and voice to uh, <laughs> manually build a pizza, and then send an order to Pizza Hut to have it delivered. <laughs> and uh, wow, <laughs> well. that, the whole thing is ridiculous. It's it's yeah. obviously ridiculous, um, and I, I think it's one of the rare times I've you know completely agreed with uh, Michael Pactor, the uh, the analyst that's always you know in games um he basically said look you know people have phones they're just going to use their phone to call for a pizza <laughs> you might get one or two people that do this as a novelty but it, you know it's not going to go anywhere basically um but
0: now isn't the, isn't the purpose of it though not necessarily that you can do this but as a commercial to get coverage for hey yeah. use connect to order a pizza mm-hmm. by the way get it from pizza hut I, like it seems to me like it's a a gimmick more than any sort of functional
1: app uh, yeah, it, it'll be like a talking point at e3 or something you could even order a pizza <laughs> but, uh, but, but you I know mean, what i just... bet
3: i what? bet that pizza hut even though you get to design your stupid pizza they're still gonna get the it all wrong they're gonna put anchovies and pineapple or something on your pizza by accident
0: what's wrong with pineapple on a pizza
3: everything that's nasty
0: <laughs> oh no i've been called out by vicky <laughs> uh,
3: i'll I'm, call you out if i have to i have i'm not scared of calling you out a freaking pineapple on a pizza that's no. I,
1: dumb. I,
0: uh, vicky i appreciate your candor yes uh but i you know what i'm i'm pineapple and canadian bacon or nothing uh, I'm sorry, that's just the way I, in America, I live free, and I have uh, pineapple on my pizza, and I will proclaim it proudly. I, w- I will go to a pineapple pizza march. I would participate in such a thing. If we were to have that in the streets of L.A., I would be there <laughs> front and center. Uh, I've actually wow. had
3: pineapple pizza, and I it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it's just, no. It, whoever thought that up is just crazy. I think they were high when they thought that up, actually, now that I think you know about
0: what? it. Well, you could say the same thing about the guy who invented penicillin. People thought he was crazy when he first did it, and look where we are today.
3: Okay, you're comparing penicillin to a pizza with pineapples on it.
0: Yes, ma'am, I am. You and are. I'm allergic to penicillin. I prefer the pineapple pizza. <laughs> uh, so, but uh, we can now do it, though. We can't get penicillin over the 360 yet, but we can now get pizzas. Uh, and, uh, Nick, have you tried this out?
2: Uh, I did download the app, uh, fired it up, just looked at it, haven't tried, like, haven't gone through the whole thing to actually get a pizza delivered. Wait a um, <laughs> that's
0: way more committed, Nick, than I expected. You actually downloaded – it's an app you download, first of oh, all. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a huge pain. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's, so you have to, like, go to the, the Pizza Hut tab on your 360 interface and then open it up. And, and then what? What does it look like?
2: Uh, it, it looks like the, uh, Pizza Hut menu. It starts you off with a selection of, you know, the pies themselves. Uh, and then, hey, go to toppings. And of course, you, you gotta keep in mind the whole time you're flailing around, you, you know, with your hands in the air, uh, trying to get this thing to work. <laughs> and then, uh, there's you know you you pick the toppings and you kind of you kind of you know use your hand to move the topping over from the one category onto the actual pizza. Uh, it, it's it's bad. It's Nick, really we, bad. It's <laughs>
0: we've we've all seen Minority Report and we are picturing you right now as in Minority Report. Except instead of preventing precog crime, you're ordering a pizza. I love the look of it.
1: Yeah, I mean that was in uh, EverQuest too as well. I mean of course you didn't have to do quite as much flailing. But oh, that's right, McMaster. It. Yeah. yeah, I mean, slash this is like a new thing. Yeah, you could do Slash Pizza and get your, your pizza on in the old EverQuest. Oh, Microsoft.
0: I have a question. Yes, Vicky. yes.
3: Sorry, I was just wanting to know if this pizza thing works in other countries other than the United States.
0: <laughs>
2: Probably not. Because
3: I live in Canada, and I'm wondering if I could use this at my friend's house. Nobody I'm, knows? No,
2: <laughs> no. I, I, I
0: doubt it.
3: Yeah. Okay. Sorry.
0: That is sad. So Nikki, yeah, like y'all, it's like a whole other country up there. Uh, okay. You
3: just said Nikki, and then you said y'all at the same. All oh, right,
0: right. So sentence. your name is Vicky, right? Thank you for calling me out on both of those. uh,
3: wow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh All right. So no pizza for Vicky, but if we want pizza, oh. we can get it. Well, you know what? I don't have a connect, so it's not going to help me. It's not going to help Vicky either. Uh, so. I don't have
3: an Xbox, so,
0: yeah. yeah. Plus, you're in Canada, so you got yep. that. My uh, cat ate my Connect, uh, so there's Oh, that. right, McMaster's Connect was sabotaged by his cats, who uh, I think that was a good move on their part. So, Nick, yes. you're... A- yeah, they ate the cables, right, McMaster? Yeah, yeah. So, Are so you I sure you it?
3: don't own a bunch of rats instead of cats, because...
0: <laughs> I mean, you
1: can drop the rats off, but uh, with all my cats, I don't think they're going to make it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> And, and the irony is, by the way, the connect being wireless, and it was undone by its wires. Uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, all right, Nick. So you're at the forefront of the uh, Connect Pizza initiative. That's uh, that's up to you to to get us a, a pineapple Canadian bacon pizza and report back to us how well it actually
2: works. I, I, I don't know if I can handle all this responsibility.
3: <laughs> we do you want to eat that? <laughs>
2: no.
3: you give it to your cats. <laughs>
0: Uh, now, Nick, where is this going to go from here? So we can now order pizza. I guess this is probably just the the opening barrage of this kind of tie in uh, What next?
2: Well, Microsoft hasn't you know been very secretive and about the idea that they want you know the Xbox and the whatever the next Xbox mm-hmm. is uh, to be kind of a hub for your house, uh, sort of a total entertainment. And, you know, obviously for Microsoft, a total advertising uh, center. Um, so the it's interesting to me to watch Microsoft uh, with their console because they're, unlike, I think, Sony and Nintendo, at least so far, Microsoft has been very aggressive about, you know, commercializing and monetizing their um just their whole console ecosystem. They've got uh you know, you you pay for live, you get into live, and then they've got a bunch of streaming and there are ads everywhere and then there are pop-ups and little interactive apps and you know, now they're going to add these types of commercialized apps uh where you make pizza. There was even a patent that leaked out once. I don't know if you saw it, but it was you know, literally a uh, you know, hey if you want the commercial to stop in the middle of a game, you have to stand up and, you know, either yell out the corporate slogan for whatever the (gasps) commercial is. I'm not kidding. Or, uh, or uh, the other one was, you know, use your connect to throw the pickle into the hamburger. Oh my (laughs) God. Which uh, it's, you know, who knows if that'll ever, you know, come to anything, right? Like Uh. there's a million patents that they make that, you know, nothing ever comes out of it. Somebody puts the kibosh on it for whatever reason. But it's just interesting to see how much, you know, they're willing to do with the Xbox and really how much everybody is just kind of willing to, ah, all right, just kind of go along with it. You know, like, oh, all right, I pay my 60 bucks a year to do gold. And OK, I get some ads and ah, Pizza Hut app. All right, whatever. <laughs> I think, I, I play up yeah. with it.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. But I blame all these malleable Call of Duty fans who are paying fifteen dollars for four maps in a downloadable pack. They're like, sure, yeah, I'll take a Pizza Hut ad. Uh, I mean, Nick, I love that you use the word ecosystem, by the way, because that always sounds weird to me, but entirely appropriate. I think the Xbox ecosystem has been so thoroughly brainwashed to accept. Uh, A couple of, I think, competing concepts like, you know, paying for the service, accepting just a glut of advertising, uh, and uh, overpriced content. I mean, the Xbox ecosystem, I I would love nothing better than for for Microsoft to back off from some of these when they talk about the next generation next month. But I have a feeling that they know exactly how much they can
2: get away with, and they're going to continue to push it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why would you ever leave that money on the table?
0: Yeah, you know what, if I was a shareholder at Microsoft, I'd be like, yeah, way to go. You guys are doing exactly the right thing. As a gamer, I'm like, screw you guys, I'm going to go play on my PS3. Uh
3: (laughs) You guys are not making any Xbox fans on this podcast, are you?
0: Uh, Well, let's see, let me, quick, somebody say something good about the 360. McMaster, you're on point, say something good about the 360, go.
1: It has a very good infrastructure that rarely fails.
0: Okay, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's if that's the best we can it's get, something. I'll take it. Yeah. That well, is I mean, <laughs> X- Xbox Live specifically. Uh, McMaster, I would have also accepted um, achievements.
1: Well, I mean, Chivas and steamies, naturally.
0: <laughs> uh, all right. So, Nick, uh, thanks for letting us know where we can get pizza. Uh, that's good to know. I'm going to now. Some go of us next. can
3: get pizza. Not everyone. We well, you know what?
0: Vicky, surely there's ways in Canada that. Uh, you can get a pizza. Can you get pizzas on the PC these days? Does the PC support have any sort of functionality to do that?
3: Yeah, you yeah. go on the website and you order a pizza. Or you pick up a phone and you call and you order a pizza.
0: Very good. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, I think we talked about this before, McMaster. That therefore means that EVE Online supports in-game pizza advertising because you can open up a web browser within eve online yeah i mean that means eve supports in-game everything like you get ebay that's right in-game amazon.com orders you can order eve online within eve online
2: exactly oh nice
0: (laughs) all right so my news of the week now uh having just uh bent time and space with that comment i'm going to further bend time and space by pointing out that ratchet and clank Once a video game is on its way, presumably to being a movie, Uh, the the last Ratchet and Clank was called Crack in Time. Um, The movie we don't know much uh, about other than they're planning, I believe, a 2015 release. Uh, Insomniac seems to be heavily, the developer of the video game, seems to be heavily involved in the making of the movie. Uh, and whereas most, hey, this video game is going to be a movie news, I, I think is announced early, uh, often before there's any sure thing that it's going to happen, this actually seems like pretty much a done deal. Um, so that said, does anyone here care one way or the other about a Ratchet and Clank movie?
1: I mean, I like, uh, you know, Ratchet and Clank, but I, I'm, I don't really care that much.
0: Nick, will you be dragged to it by small children?
2: Uh, no, and it, it doesn't fill me with uh, many positive feelings to know that these are the same guys that did Escape from Planet Earth.
0: The studio who's doing the animation, basically.
2: Correct. Now,
0: what is Escape from Planet Earth? Is that the thing with The Rock? Or no, I'm thinking of that something Moon 51 or something. What Do we know what Escape from Planet Earth actually is? Other than a forgotten animated movie?
2: Uh, this is the one where the, it's the one where the alien is actually on Earth, and uh, uh, they, they like, make friends with a bunch of kids, and, you know, of course, security is coming with them. It, Brendan Fraser's in it, and uh, a bunch of other people.
0: Yeah, I, what what wow. does the alien, yeah, can you describe the alien, Nick? Like, what does it look like? Does it have, like, tentacles, or is it cute and blue, or do you know?
2: Uh, no they're like, they 're like these blue looking dudes they're they 're blue <coughs> if you can imagine the you know the lowest common denominator animated alien looking guy that would at some point break out in a moonwalk or say something really cool like you know do the do this is what the alien looks like <laughs> what? Uh, Okay, well, these guys will be drawing
0: uh, our favorite Lombacks and uh, his little robot sidekick, uh, Ratchet & Clank. Uh, Now, my concern, and part of why I would also share you guys' uh, lack of enthusiasm, uh, I'm guessing this is going to be aimed almost entirely at kids, uh, which is kind of too bad. But the Ratchet & Clank games, traditionally, they've been very combat-heavy, um part platformer, mainly combat, uh, but they have a very kid-safe vibe to it. I don't think you ever kill – actually, you do kill aliens sometimes, but you're mostly fighting robots, uh, and there's a lot of stuff that happens on screen, but it's not—it's cartoon violence. Um, you know, when you kill a robot, he explodes into bolts, and that's the money. Uh, the, the, the level of jokes in Ratchet & Clank games, very kid-level, uh, lots of jokes about, you know, oh, my butt itches, or – Oh, you stink! Or just just like playground humor, uh, like little middle school playground humor for kids.
1: But but don't you uh, don't you have the Criterion Collection version of Armageddon?
0: Wait, why you just crossed some weird streams that I do not understand, McMaster?
1: I'm just making a parallel. I mean, it's kind of like childish humor. And, okay, first of all, know, Armaged-
0: it's not very- <laughs> yeah, Armageddon not for children because <laughs> yes. there's cussing A and B. Ben uh, Affleck molests. Um, what's Steven Tyler's daughter's name? The elf. Um, Liv. Liv Tyler. Tyler. Danny Elfman. Right. No.
3: <laughs> Arwen.
0: Arwen, thank you, Vicky. You're uh, welcome. Ben Affleck molests her with animal crackers, uh, and he makes these very sexual references about the animal going from the mountains to the flat whoa. plains whoa, to whoa, the whoa. secret valley. I know, I know, That's... Vicky. I'm sorry you had to hear the that. Hidden Valley How... right? What? That, that's just Vicki what it is that's just an adult thing that would not McMaster is asserting it's for kids you would not find that sort of lurid sexual cracker play in a child's movie <laughs> <laughs> I just want to point that out wow
3: uh, before we move You've on you really thought and... about that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> sorry um I, I just thought of something before when you mentioned that in Ratchet and Clank in the game, um, the money that you get is actually pieces of robot bodies. That's a little bit disturbing, don't you find? Yeah. It's like you're dealing in body parts.
0: Yeah. But Well, it's like, yeah, you know, it's like when C-3PO loses his arm and walks around. That always, to me, seems a little like, oh, that's kind of terrible. You know, what? that's his arm. You're uh, such a wimp. <laughs> I, I, no, no, I love gore, but I don't, I don't that's like
3: not gore. He's a robot. There's exactly. A red, that, exactly. That's flesh being ripped. It's just pieces of metal that happen to be his arm.
0: Exactly. And it's the same with, with it's these horrifying robots. It would be horrifying to robots, and so basically you're you're right though Vicki. the counterpart to what happens in Ratchet and Clank, if it were not a robot universe, it would be like what if you gibbed somebody with a rocket launcher and you carried around chunks of his kidneys and here's a piece of his bicep and here's a right game. toe, and that <laughs> would be that <laughs> and that would be your unit of currency that would be your money, yes uh-huh. that's sick. <laughs> <laughs> So the the Ratchet & Clank movie, I'm presuming it'll be for kids. The good news, though, is that the junior writer from some of the previous games who became the senior writer on Crack in Time, his name is T.J. Fixman, uh, he is doing the script for the movie – And one of the many things that makes Crack in Time the hands-down best Ratchet & Clank game ever made is that finally, at long last, I think it's the seventh game or something, the writing in Crack in Time is actually really good. Uh, it does this cool thing where it separates the two main characters, and you're so used to them being together, so there's this dramatic tension from that. Uh, it resolves these long-standing mysteries about their origins. Uh, it has a, this satisfying finale. Uh, it's a, there's, a, there's a story in there about, about family and betrayal and time travel. Um, you know what you could say? Crack in Time uh, has similarities to Bioshock Infinite, uh, even. So the guy who wrote Crack in Time is the guy who's doing this script. So my hope is that some of the cleverness he put in Crack in Time can maybe make it into the script, and it won't just be a kiddie movie. Um, but that said, I went to an Insomniac event once. It was like a fan event. Uh, and Insomniac is known for a, a shooter called Resistance. Um, I guess that's they're, they're about to release something called Fuse, which is another... Ernest, Grim, Shooter. Um, but at this Insomniac event, there were a bunch of kids. I was really surprised. Like, kids and families and, uh, and, and the kids were all there for Ratchet and Clank. Um, so that's who I'm guessing they're gonna aim the movie at.
1: Like, is it gonna be an, an Ernest game? A movie, you mean? No, the game, you're talking like the new one? Is it, like, Ernest goes
0: to shoot? Or, or, whatever. <laughs>
3: Somebody's
0: confused here. You know, once again, you've lost me, master. But I would go see Ernest Goes to Shoot. I would, I would like to see. I would like to see a serious well, examination of the issues of gun control in the United States, starring that uh, Jim Varney guy.
1: Well, Ernest. it's going to um, be pretty difficult to get him, but yeah, that would be pretty awesome. Oh, is he dead? Oh, he's dead. Yeah, he's.
0: Dead. Oh, oh, I'm so. Oh, I feel awful. Oh, I'm going to edit that comment out. That was terrible. All right. He was. A, yeah, he was a
1: lifetime smoker. He died of lung cancer like a few years ago.
0: Well, now that you've brought the room down, McMaster, what do you have for news of the week to bring it back up? Uh, let's
1: see. Who else died? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the lead singer of uh, the Divinals won't be touching herself anymore. So that uh, that, that happens. Uh, so
0: sad. So sad, McMaster. Uh,
1: no, oh, okay. Actually, this one's cheerier. <clears throat> Gearbox acquired Homeworld
0: from bankrupt THQ. Wait, Homeworld, that's one of those old real-time strategy games that no one cares about anymore, right?
1: Uh, right. Yeah, no, uh, but they, uh, wh- what's interesting about it is they they uh, announced that they wanted to get Homeworld and Homeworld 2 to today's leading digital platform, so read Steam, and uh, and uh, maybe, you know, do something else with it. But uh, in the long run, really, Gearbox is pretty, they're only really good at their own stuff, so, you know, just bring Homeworld 2 to Steam. We'll be good.
0: See, you say that, McMaster, but there's, uh, there was an expansion for, I think it was for Homeworld 1 called Cataclysm, or maybe it was for 2. Oh, yeah, they did that, didn't they? Well, uh, that was developed by, I believe, Barking Dog, another studio up there in Vancouver that eventually split up. Some of those guys went on to make Sins of a Solar Empire. Some of them went on to form, uh, Kerberos the folks that did those terrible Sword of the Stars games uh, but at one point this great expansion uh, created by a company separate from Relic because Homeworld was a Relic game uh, I feel you're not playing Homeworld unless you're playing with Cataclysm so for my money I'm, I'm glad that Gearbox has the, the franchise but if they're going to re-release anything for me I'm one of those nerds who's like you know Cataclysm or nothing um, so we'll, we'll see what they do with it um All right, so uh, Gearbox uh, now owns, and and McMaster, where did they pick this up, by the way?
1: Uh, At an auction, because THQ is auctioning stuff
0: off, still. So speaking of giving someone, and here's a piece of a leg, here's a piece of a bicep, here's a right toe, (laughs) that's kind of what happened with THQ, isn't it? Like, all of these franchises flew out in a shower of gory IP, and people have picked up the, the shreds and pieces.
3: Oh, my so. gosh. That was, like, the best sentence I've ever heard.
0: Thank you. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, Vicki, that leaves you. What do you have, then, for us for News of the Week?
3: Well, I have Lord of the Rings online. They're expanding to include Helm's Deep.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
3: They're having a battle. I forget which battle it was. Let me just look. Hornburger! Was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Some right. sort of battle. Anyway, apparently it's the biggest battle that they have in the game so far. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have an extra 10 level level cap, so it's going to go from 85 maximum to 95. And
0: I, I want to interrupt you real quick, Vicky. Sure. I wonder at that point, they're so close to 100. Why don't they just scooch it up? I mean, it just feels like aesthetically, why stop at 95? I mean, it just seems like, oh, I'm so close to a three-digit number. It's sort of, I, I don't know, that... Give give me those extra five it levels. Gives
1: them, it gives them room for another expansion to hit one hundred and probably call it quits. No, wait! No, you like can't call 115 it quits, fifteen or something. Yeah, you can't call it quits, McMaster. You've got so after Helms developing deep, got, new content. I mean, no,
0: no, they can't. <laughs> They've got uh, Minas Tirith. You've got to uh, 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 where does she live? You got to do all that stuff. Uh, you need uh, uh, what else happens? You the, can do uh, it. Uh, hold on, I got it. I got it. Uh, Mordor. You got to do Mordor. That's a whole level. Hold on, hold on. There's more. Um, um, uh, Scouring of the Shire. <laughs> you need that in there. That's there's gotta the happen. Part where uh, Frodo
1: and Sam uh, frolic for a while, and all the hobbits come in and roll around on the bed. That's a
0: level. Bed jumping, right? There's a whole bed jumping expansion. <laughs> you need that there. <laughs> um. <laughs> all right. Well, they're so close to hundred. I just sort of feel like. Oh, almost They did there. that on
3: purpose. Come on. They totally did that on purpose, so I have I get to add more stuff and just tantalize you some more. So it'll be like, next step is 115 or something like that.
0: i bet you're right. You can't just throw it all in at once, yeah.
3: No, because then people will be like, oh, I'm level 100. I guess I'll do something else now.
0: Uh, and now I understand, though, there is a significant plot point that we can resolve. Uh, one of the few things I could think of that I couldn't mention, because this is actually in there. Uh, who can we save, Vicky, in uh, the Helm's Deep add-on?
3: King Theoden,
0: and here's where I'm going to screw up. I was thinking, and it's only—I I think I'm wrong. He's not the guy who gets like lured by Worm Tongue, right? Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, it it's, is him. Yeah. Oh, wait, what happened to
1: Green of Worm Tongue? Yeah, was, uh, yeah it takes over. I thought that was Old Deni- fancy Denethor
0: or Denethor or something like that. That's not what happened to him. Who? There's the guy at Minas Tirith, Denethon. Well, I can't think this don't, don't make me talk too too in-depth about Lord of the Rings. It's, <laughs> it's, it's <theater>. oh, wow!
1: <laughs>
0: don't look behind the curtain. Well, wait, who's the guy who catches fire and runs off the cliff? Doesn't Grimma Wormtongue have something oh, to do with that? Oh, no,
3: no, no, that's someone else completely. That's that's the guy who's basically in charge that's of Minas Tirith. Uh, right. Yeah, he's in charge of that. But he's just a steward. He's like, um, oh, what's his name? He's uh Boromir's and um, who was the other guy?
0: Faramir. Faramir. Yeah,
3: Far- Faramir. He, that's his, their dad. But King Theoden, he's not like in charge of the huge city. He's in charge of like a smaller city that's like farther off.
0: But Wormtongue so, had nothing to do with uh, undermining Minas Tirith, I guess. No,
3: he had nothing to do no. with that.
0: Denethor had been looking into one of the crystals. Palantir. I can right. I can say yeah. words. I may ha. not be able to fit the words to the right spot. <laughs> yes. <Potato. laughs>
3: no, but Prima Wormtongue's role was at
0: Crystal uh... Muff. <laughs> what? Whoa, McMath, Nothing. you just you just godwin to the podcast.
3: <laughs> I give up.
0: <laughs> well but so uh so Theodon being in there then, and this kinda cool, means I guess Wormtongue will be in there.
3: Possibly.
0: I mean, if you're going to save Theoden, it's, I presume you're saving him. I am guessing a boss battle with Grimil Wormtongue. No. No.
3: No, I don't think so. You don't really fight him in, the, in, from what I know.
0: Oh, but Vicky, what they'll do in the in the games though is they let you do things that you couldn't do in the movies. Uh, oh
3: well, probably.
0: Like yeah, like behind the scenes stuff. So. But uh, he
3: has to stay alive for a while.
0: Why? Where does he well, go? Oh, because he goes back to uh, the the uh, Saruman. Yes, Orthanc. Right. See, I know words. I do know words.
3: (laughs) He goes back and he hangs out with Saruman, and then, you know, they have that whole confrontation at the beginning of Return of the King.
0: Right, the trees fight them.
3: That's a little bit before that, but yeah.
0: Uh, I love that I'm being that, that Vicky. You're, you're calling me out on these things because I, I, I know bits and pieces. I just need help sticking them together in the right order. So.
3: I could give you a whole lesson on it, but I don't think we have time for that. All
0: right, yeah. We'll, we'll. Uh, I'll just, I'll look it up on Wikipedia later. Uh, uh-huh. I, see, the thing is, I have actually never read the books. Like, I've played plenty of Lord of the Rings games, and I've certainly seen the movies. And, uh, but all of my information is from what's called secondary sources. So.
3: Oh, my information is from the movies. I don't have access to the books. Uh, I don't have them.
0: Because they don't have those in Canada, I'm guessing.
3: Yes, they, they do. do.
0: They're not printed in Canadian. They, they're
3: <laughs> okay, I'm going to dignify that with a response.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all that right. That didn't happen. That's what?
3: That did not happen.
0: It did not happen. Fair enough. Uh, all right, so a uh, higher level cap. Uh, Helms deep. Oh, here you go. Let me ask you mm-hmm. guys a question. Were the elves at
3: Helm's Deep?
0: Helm's Deep, oh, yeah. God, no. Wait, no. no. Oh, come on. <laughs>
1: that's a, that's a movie-only thing, though. Ugh.
0: See, Vicki, I'm like you, again, because I know it from the movies. There's apparently a Tolkien geek furor at oh, suggesting yeah. that the elves actually rode out to help the uh, Roharim or the people of Rohan, <laughs> whatever you call them, uh, at Helm's Deep. Uh-huh. So
3: what actually happened?
0: They didn't. They, they just slogged <laughs> it just out? Kinda, they left.
3: <laughs> I'm <such> a bunch dicks.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. That, I mean, that's the whole point, though. And so, the I elves guess, are uh, dicks. yeah. Well, they yeah. are. I mean, but, like, you know, Peter Jackson wanted to be all friendly. Stupid.
0: So I'm guessing because part of the mandate of Lord of the Rings Online is that they're drawn from the books, I'm guessing in the Helm's Deep add-on, no elves. Oh. We'll see. For, for the sake of narrative purity, uh, I presume Turbine will not be putting elves at Helm's Deep. Um, oh, and do we know when uh, this is? I, I meant to look this up. So is this uh, impending? Do we know how long we have to wait before? Uh, yeah, uh, it's coming out this fall. Okay, good. That's yeah. what they said. All right, so a uh, little helm steep this fall. All right, let's talk games of the week now. Uh, <laughs> Vicky, why don't you go first? What have you picked for game of the week? I think I know. I think and... you all
3: know because I accidentally spilled it before we started recording. Okay,
0: <laughs> so what is it, and how many chickens have you killed in it?
3: Oh, Tomb Raider, and I've killed about I think seven chickens so far.
0: <laughs> okay, now I don't I don't know if you guys are like me, but. I completely understand someone in a game like Tomb Raider where there's little chickens running around. You want to see, "Hey, what happens if I can shoot these or if I try to, you know, will the developer let me?" And so you shoot a chicken and it sure enough, it dies and you feel awful and you never do it again. That's not the case with Vicki. Vicki, you have apparently shot. I know you did one of them in your Let's Play, and then you skipped the chicken violence. You did a, a jump cut, uh, <laughs> but you put up a title card saying that many chickens died. What's going on, Vicky? that you kill one chicken, and then it, it just ignites this bloodlust in you to kill more chickens?
3: <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that.
1: <laughs> Maybe she's like a uh, backdoor man from, like, Jim Morrison. You know, from the doors, hey, eat your chicken, eat your pork and beans, eat more chicken than any man's ever seen.
0: So not only do chickens have to be purple, but but pigs as well. Like like there pigs, are no right? pigs though. are there pigs? You know, not that the I've wolves. seen. Wolves. I think you're right, Vicky. I don't. Think I hate those wolves. I want to Spoiler, stab you,
3: them in the eyes. I hate
0: them I, so much. You're pretty bad, I don't, idea. Not only do you hate wolves, Vicky, you hate quick-time events.
3: I hate quick-time events because <laughs> I suck at them. They're terrible. I, I have to do they're... them at least seven times each.
0: Yeah, they're pretty
1: crappy. Uh,
3: not to mention that they have, you know, it's this tiny little letter at the bottom of the screen that says, hit E to punch the guy in the face, or hit F to, you know, kick him or something. And it's just so small, and you have to do it so fast. and So, I Vicky, I've
0: just... made... I wish we
3: were either E or F, not just E and F once in a while, sometimes if the moon is blue. Yeah.
0: Well I, I mentioned this before, but part of what's going on, Vicky, is that because you're playing on the PC, yeah. they don't have a convenient color coded way to put the to indicate the button on the actual screen where the action is. When I play <laughs> on the three sixty, Duh. Yeah, there's a, there's a color-coded, it's color-coded <laughs> color to the button on the 360, and I know the color of the button, so I don't have to read that text. Uh, but, McMaster, you're saying on the PC it's still color-coded? No. no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no.
3: They're both red, and it says, this tiny little sentence at the bottom of the screen, press, it's like whispering at you, press E to kill the, your enemy, and it's like,
1: ugh, I'm and just so, what's
3: on the screen. Something like
1: whispering read. at you to kill?
3: Yes, <laughs> yeah, Always. <laughs>
0: Hence the chicken deaths. Yeah. <laughs> so you I don't want to. I don't want to. Sp- I want to avoid spoilers, but uh, I just want to real quick go around the room. So I've I've played through Tomb Raider, McMaster. Have you played much of it?
1: Uh, I haven't played through it, but I've played uh, I don't know seven, eight hours, nine hours.
0: Okay. And, and Nick, where are you on your Tomb Raider exp- uh, exposure level? Uh, finished.
2: Uh, no multi though.
0: Okay. Oh, geez, yeah, no multi. As far as I'm concerned, that's not even in there. The multi is r- ridiculous. Uh, yeah.
3: Is it? Is it really uh, that bad?
0: You know what, Vicky, it's just so inconsequential uh, for that kind of multiplayer where you're leveling up a dude and unlocking weapons and improving them and setting up loadouts. There are just so many better games you could play. Um, it, it, for instance, uh, McMaster and I played uh, Max Payne 3. There's a lot of cool stuff like that there. Um, I just think there's nothing to recommend it. It's not that it's bad. It, it's just generic and done better in other games. Um, but so Vicki, why don't you tell us a bit because you're sort of controlling in the spoiler level. Uh, where are you right now in the game? What's going on?
3: Um, let me try to remember because it was actually like the day before yesterday I was playing uh, there was a guy I don't I'm really bad with names, but there's a guy and he was injured
1: and yeah, uh, he has a shirt to... on. Yeah.
0: With <laughs> <laughs> has hair, right? Can we <laughs> kick him guy? out
3: of the podcast, please? Like <laughs> believe him.
0: Well, M- Matthias is the guy. I think Matthias is bald. He's Apparently the guy he's who. Evil. Well, he's the guy who. Yeah, no, he's he's a kindly school teacher who helped Sam and who built a campfire for you, and you <laughs> just you fell asleep while Sam was telling her story. And yeah, so he. I think what they're trying to do, Vicky, is yeah. it's kind of like a character named Ben in Lost where you meet him in the TV series Lost. I don't know if you guys got that in Canada. Uh, you meet yes, Ben. Yes, we did. <laughs> well, so when you meet Ben, you don't know, is he a good guy, is he a bad guy, and Ben ends up becoming a uh, – of you end up being very suspicious of him, and maybe for good reason, as Lost progresses. So I think M- Matthias is kind of a Ben counterpart. Um, I
3: agree with that. And from what I've read in these little books that I find everywhere, it seems that he just hes not good or evil from what I can tell from what I've seen so far in my let's play. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that he does what's necessary to survive and that can make him really dangerous and unpredictable. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think of him.
0: <laughs> Vicky, one of the, one of the criticisms of Tomb Raider that uh, I can understand uh, is that people talk about how the, the villain and in- I'm not even saying that Matthias is the villain, but let's say that that the villain doesn't have much personality. I think those people didn't do what you just did, which is basically read the book and apply it to things you're seeing in the game. Read that lore that you find.
3: Well, Uh, you see, that's kind of a bit of a weird thing to say because most people probably won't want to sit around and read books in a game. What they want to do is they just want to get through the game, and well, they kind of want to continue with the action. So I think that the game should already give you all the story, and the book should have just you know like extra, extra little tidbits. The book shouldn't have vital information in them. That's how I feel.
0: And in a way, that is a misstep for the villain. You know whether it is or isn't, Matthias. uh, you, don't, you wouldn't know much about him if you didn't read the book.
3: Now, oh, so the villain's a he, is it?
0: Or she. Or she. You never uh-huh. know. Ooh. Sure. <laughs> Actually, sure. Vicky, I'm, I'm very glad you mentioned that. I want you to remember that you asked me that when you get to the end of the game, because there are interesting things to talk about there. Is the villain a guy or a girl? Who is the villain? What role oh. do women and men play in Tomb Raider? Is
1: it Jamie Gum from Silence of Lambs? <laughs> <laughs> is, is the villain a hermaphrodite? Is it? <laughs> yeah, we don't know. Uh, Sorry, uh, so,
0: but where they uh, where crystal dynamics though I think you don't need to read the books, but again it totally helps where I thought they did a great job with fleshing out the characters without necessarily forcing you to read books is in the crew of uh, is the ship called the endurance I forget the name yeah. of it yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, the crew of the endurance uh, they do really nice little touches in terms of there's no exposition at the beginning, like here's these dudes and here's this dude, and you do see some video of the crew, but over time they introduce the crew and you get to care about them for different reasons uh, or not care about them. Like I loved that you described – I think his name is Whitman – as uh, <laughs> Steve – Irving, but a, not Steve Irving, I'm screwing up. Steve Irwin. But, Irwin, thank you, good <laughs> lord. Uh, you described him as Irving. Steve yeah. <laughs> Julius Irving. Uh, you described him as a Steve Irwin, but not nice. Uh, yeah, he
3: so, just seems so selfish and just pig-headed.
0: Yeah. Uh, Vicky, be on the lookout for a character named Jonah. I'll be curious to see your reaction to him.
3: Well, you know, Lara keeps on shouting out Rias and Jonah, and I have no idea who these people are. <laughs> of bit odd,
0: you yeah well, no, they will definitely explain that eventually, uh so, okay yeah. all right, so you have just met Roth, though that's the guy you were talking, yes,
3: about. that's yes. sorry, the guy with the shirt, you know,
0: yeah, that's And guy. he's
3: hurt, and you have to help him and oh, stuff oh you know? what's
0: his name
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: uh all right, so you've met Roth, you have uh you've gotten the the med kit from the wolf den to the to,
3: stupid to wolves.
0: Yeah, it, it, we know how much you like those wolves. I hate maybe, them. Vicky. Maybe if you weren't uh, expending so much of your hate on chickens, you wouldn't have such a hard time <laughs> with <the> wolves.
3: Well, <laughs> up to that point, I didn't really have anything to shoot except for chickens. You know.
1: Well, it's, it's wanna, like they wanna... say, "Don't go chasing those waterfalls." Yeah. What do they say? Oh. That? Uh, what do you mean? Stick to the rivers and the streams that you're used to. I mean, uh. kill a lot of chickens. I'm
0: saying. No. Well, I think as we all know, and McMaster, I'm very, very disappointed in you. That is actually terrible advice in a video game because, as, as Vicky discovers when you watch the Let's Play, there's almost always something behind the waterfall, McMaster. Well, I mean, there is always something behind the waterfall. It's like Video Game 101. So if your advice then, McMaster is don't go chasing those waterfalls, you're seriously going to gimp the player on the power curve. He's going to uh, miss all the treasure behind the waterfall. It's not literal, Tom. It's not literal. It's a metaphor, McMaster. You've you've gotten me again. Very nicely done. Yeah,
1: I was uh, (laughs) just trying to give you a a
0: hint there. All right. I should have made it sound like a cough, but whatever. (laughs) All right. So, uh, Vicky, your game of the week is Tomb Raider. We're looking forward. Yeah.
3: Can I just say before we move on to someone else's game of the week? Uh, Because last time we did a podcast, I forgot to actually mention what my channel is. So. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. So uh, Yeah. yeah. How do we find the Let's Plays on YouTube?
3: Right, so you go to YouTube, and you type in the search bar, sigh," which is O-W-L-S-I-G-H-S, and then you'll find me, and right there in the front is Tomb Raider. So, <laughs> I just wanted to tell people how to actually get there.
0: <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and as I've said before, I'm really enjoying the Let's Plays. Uh, Part of me. I, you you got past the worst part. I, I, was, I mean, I, you know what? What I was said the worst part? part?
3: The Russian guys? That's the worst
0: part? Well, part of it is you suddenly having to do like a little stealth bit. You got through it. I, I forget if you had to cut past it, but there's a bit where you have to basically just figure out a stealth path. And now that I've played it a couple times, it, it seems like a no-brainer to me. But I remember at the time thinking, where does it want me to go? Am I hidden? Am I not hidden? There's mm-hmm. all the flashlight stuff. I just remember having a bit of a hard time with that. Um, and waterfalls, well, speaking of waterfalls, I think the actual worst part is is coming up. I just want to say uh, there's a part in a river which I feel is, I, I, I personally feel that Tomb Raider is one of the best video games I've played in a very, very long time. Crystal Dynamics did so many things right, but there's one part of the game where I think they really screwed up the feedback about what you're supposed to do and when you're supposed to do it, and where you will see a death animation, Vicki, a particularly gruesome one, no <laughs> okay. fewer than, like, Eight or nine times. Uh. Like if, if you think now you're having a hard time with the QTEs, imagine some weird QTE where you don't even really have any cues on screen and you don't know which way you're supposed to go and you're swept up in a maybe literal river. And I, I just feel there's a river section in Tomb Raider that, that they should have cut or
2: changed. I because, see. Uh, uh, Nick, I do you know what I I'm talking about? I want oh. <laughs> to. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's horrifying. And you will see that animation over and over, over again. Over and over. It's sort it of like... Yeah.
3: Well, do you guys have any advice for me to, you know, get through this difficult click-time event?
0: Uh, you will know when you get there, but I, I think... I don't, I don't know, Nick. How would you tell someone to get past... I'm not even sure how I got past it. I mean, I just <laughs> endured, and eventually the the uh, animation didn't happen. And I was like, I
2: never have to do that again. Yeah, I, I couldn't even figure out what the pattern was. It, right. it, you know, it it felt like it felt like more of the uh, kind of archaic bits in Dragon's Lair, where you know someone would be yelling at you over your shoulder. No, jump to the other <laughs> square, jump it, and you're just ah ah ah, you're just moving the little stick around and panicking. And I'm yeah, I'm trying I don't know. to I'm trying to figure out what your guys are
0: talking about, Master. I don't think you're there yet. I'm pretty sure um, it's, there, yes. it's not a parachute-related thing. Ah ah ah! Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So McMaster, you have done it. Uh, yeah, it's I just. I, mean, it's, I did. I one-shot it. Uh, well, McMaster, we all know you're you're a Superman when it comes to video games. Us no, mere I, mortals. I don't
1: know. It was pretty easy. Don't listen to these guys, Vicky. Good lord. <laughs> Do you have hand-eye coordination going for you? From I
3: songs. suppose. <laughs> We'll have to see what happens in my Let's Play. Tom's
1: good with little tanks and soldiers and
0: stuff. <laughs> I could play Homeworld too, like you wouldn't believe, but getting Lara Croft down a river, yeah, that's not my strong point. Not my wheelhouse.
2: <laughs> I, I think part of the issue is once you see that animation, I think it just throws you off so hard that, you know, because it immediately cat, jumps happens? you right back, and you oh, just...
1: Oh,
2: it's, it's a good nuts. one. so horrible.
1: <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I, mean, Vicky, I have seen it because
0: uh, I saw Sarah do it as well. Yeah. Ugh.
3: Just help. What, oh, my gosh. I'm scared now.
0: <laughs> Vicki, I'll just say that you'll know it when you see it. Okay. It ain't easy being green. <laughs> All right, Nick, what do you have for us for Game of the Week? And hopefully it's not something about depression. Or, didn't you bring up some depression video game before? I'm
2: still reeling from that. No, that was McMaster.
0: What was oh, it? McMaster, Cat how Lady?
2: dare you? I don't
1: remember bringing up a depression game. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> nice, very nice deflection,
0: Nick. Well played. Uh,
2: no, but um, my game uh, is all about, uh, as far as I'm concerned, just really bad feedback. Uh, I have been replaying Sacred 2. I, I'm not going to brook any bad talk about Sacred 2. <laughs> that's, it's not a bad game. That I mean, that's now I know I know that you love this game Tom or at least I do. You did love it when you when you played it. Uh, so this is one of those games. I have tried to get through this game about a dozen times now and I just can't get past uh, right around the 10th to 15th hour. I just I, I can't slog my way through this thing. need a serious drug and alcohol regimen for that. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: believe
0: you can do it with time. Well, now, wait. What's holding you up, Nick? Because I I would describe Sacred 2. We'll we'll describe what is Sacred 2 and what's holding you up.
2: So, uh, Sacred 2, if you don't know, is... um, It's sort of an action RPG. You've got the one character, uh, kind of an archetype, whatever, you know, guy with a shield, uh, you know, Amazon-looking woman. Don't forget, Nick, don't forget
0: robot dog with a laser gun on his
2: arm. Robot dog with a laser, uh, apparently an angel wearing a bikini.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And high heels, a bikini and high heels.
2: Don't forget the high heels. Perfect battle equipment. (laughs) And um, so, you know, it's... it's very uh, action RPG there's there's leveling up you collect loot uh, there's you know magic potions and health potions and money and you're buying you're filling out skill trees and talents and you're putting points into stats and
3: well it sounds really normal what's wrong with it
2: so uh, for me uh, so my issues are number one I, I want to love this game because it's very obvious that the guys who made it were super earnest about everything. I mean, they loved what they did, uh, but it just feels like... They have a great personality. Yeah, it feels like such a sci-fi movie experience uh, as far as... Uh, Like, everything's just so cheap and (laughs) off-feeling. Well,
1: that's... My favorite, my favorite memory ever and what will always stay with me about Sacred 2 is uh, a while back when I worked for Crispy Gamer, I did a lot of video footage for stuff, uh, and I got a pre-release build of Sacred 2 to record. I started up as like the, like Reaper guy or whatever, uh, some sort of assassin, Satan, I don't know, whatever. And, And you start in a bar and, uh, your guy just starts talking and his mouth is just flapping. I mean, it's not synced at all. Uh, he walks through the bar at one point. Uh, people just float around and all this. And, uh, I, I couldn't record it in good conscience. So like, I waited for the game to come out fully. I did it again and it still looked exactly the same. I still laugh about that to this day. I have a, <laughs> it's a really good video. There's, there's all sorts of things wrong with it. <laughs>
0: Well, for better and worse, Sacred is a. I think it's a German, really. Yeah, yeah. So it was made by a German
2: studio, um, not Deep Silver.
0: Uh, Nick, do you know the name of the developer?
2: No, but they, I know they're out of business. I know right. they went under, uh, and they they kind of folded up shop and and sort of had to bug out in the middle of a expansion that they were.
0: Ascaron? Is it Ascaron?
2: Yes, that's it.
0: So the the. The selling points for Sacred, and I, I fully understand that this wouldn't work for everyone. Um, it's very much it, It's a Diablo game. Uh, you know, it's very much in that vein. But what it has to recommend it over things like Diablo or Torchlight uh, or Path of Exile, even. Um, actually, it's very similar to Path of Exile in ways. But what it has to recommend it are, are two things, to my mind. And McMaster, you're absolutely right. Like their their cutscenes, some of their production values, yeah. they're <laughs> definitely um, clunky, you might say. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's nice. <laughs> but I feel that the game has, in the way that you build your character, a certain, uh, and this might be a uh, a contradiction in terms, but it has a certain Teutonic charm. In that, this was a game made by the same kinds of Germans who assembled the Krupp's steelworks, for instance. It's very meticulous and muscularly built, and every point you spend counts and can make a difference. And it's like your character build is this finely wrought, tuned machine. And you're constantly tinkering with it and putting a point here to try that or a point there to try this. Uh, I, I love how interactive the character building is. You know, you play a game like Diablo, and it it almost literally just dumps a box of toys in your lap. And says, here, you know, play with whatever one of these you want, whenever you want, however much you want. Just knock yourself out. But whereas... Sacred 2 is like, here is this clockwork, what things are you going to mess with in this clockwork to make a character build? So not many games do that. Path of Exile has something similar, but I feel Sacred 2, that's one of their main selling points. The other main selling point, Nick, hold on, my cat wants to join us. My other main selling point <laughs> is that uh, it's, it's, it's completely open. In Sacred 2, you can go anywhere at any time. And and how many action RPGs let you do that? Not none that I can think of, really. Um, so I love just getting on a horse, riding out to that part of the map. Hey, let's see what's over there. Um, so for oh. me, Nick, I can I completely understand your reservation. But those are two selling points for me: is is just the meticulous character building and the wide open
2: world. Um, I I love the wide open world. I th- I think it's great to be able to go wherever you want. I uh I think they could have done a little more work with the way they did the the game saves, like you touch the I don't know, they're like these obelisks that you touch and then once you touch it you're kind of locked to it and if you wander off, you know, a, a few miles away and die you resurrect at the obelisk way back where? You Wait a minute. Nick, hold on. It. Have, you,
0: have you never played Diablo and had to find a waypoint? Oh, same, I know. I know. It's the same kind of thing. I mean, it's how you uncover the map is, you know, that's your, that's your base. And if you get killed, the death Too penalty bad. is, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the death penalty is you're back there. So until you find another obelisk, like, that's how you're sort of unfogging the map. Yeah. Um, I don't. Know, I, I'm a hu- I can. I, I should be more understanding of people for whom it doesn't work. But I just. I really appreciated the unique things that game did. But I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And plus, come on, Nick, a, a robot dog with
2: a laser gun for an arm. I mean, the robot dog is cool. The robot dog is very cool. But then you're fighting, you know, 10,000 of the same stupid-looking kobolds forever.
0: Hello, hello, Nick, go to a different part of the map. Hello, leave. Uh-huh. You can always leave. There's no point to stay there. Actually, I say there's no point to stay there. The quest stuff, I, I would almost recommend don't be completionist with the quests, because it will definitely have you fighting the same kobolds for, like, three hours. Um, you can definitely get sort of bogged down uh, there.
2: Um, but yeah, There are a million quests. There are a million quests in that game. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, So two questions. Uh, A, what possessed you to pick it up? And B,
2: what platform? So uh, A, the reason I picked it up is because uh, recently Deep Silver uh, released Sacred Citadel, (sighs) which is a side-scrolling, castle-crasher-y type game. Uh, It looked awful. It I didn't is play it, but uh, I you know it sort of just hit my brain and I thought oh sacred maybe I'll give that another chance foolish of me. You
0: well, know? And you know that Sacred Citadel's is in in anticipation of a Sacred Three, three. which uh, is on its way out. Yeah,
2: yeah, and then I'm playing on the PC.
0: So they have a 360 version, which uh, you know until we get uh, a good Diablo clone on the 360, it'll have to do. Uh, but I, I've really enjoyed playing the 360 version. I, I mainly played it on the PC as well, though. Um, all right, so uh, let me ask you this, Nick. Uh, are you going to stick with it or you're done? Uh,
2: you know, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to wind up stopping at the same point that I usually stop, which is right after I unlock the rock concert. Wait a minute, what?
3: <laughs> what rock concert?
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, what? okay, in almost... I think in almost every action RPG I've played Diablo all the way through, that for some reason there's this thing where the designers want to put in a multi-stage quest that's, you know, sort of an Easter egg, right? There was the cow level. There's yeah. the pony level in Diablo 3. I think Torchlight 2 has, it's got the one where you got to unlock the robot or whatever that, you know, will play you a song or whatever. Um, <laughs> So, Sacred 2 has a very long quest uh, where you're going out and getting musical instruments, right? Like, you're getting this guy's lute, that guy's flute, this dude's, you know, pair of bongo drums or whatever. You're running around. When you gather it all up, and I'm, I'm not even kidding, you can go to YouTube and look this up, there is a cinematic of a German, like, band that they've uh, turned into a CG movie of like orcs and kobolds and monsters playing. It looks, uh, it looks like a guar concert basically, but in that bad sort of poser CG that they used, uh, it's pure butt rock. It's amazing. (laughs) It's amazing. And it's like, it's like a whole song you literally just sit there. Like you're in the audience watching this crazy medieval butt rock concert.
0: (laughs) So, Nick, I, guess I think heals to some people. Well you know, if, if Nick, if your goal was to basically slam Sacred Two, you have just failed miserably. Yeah, I
2: know, I know. I've made <laughs> everyone want to play this now. <laughs> yeah, nice work, Nick. You've you've done you've done my job far
0: better than I ever did. Thank you. Uh, all right, so Sacred Two, very good. Uh, I'm glad to see I mean that that game just holds a place in my heart that uh, I I spent so much time with it. Also, I think it helps that I it's one of those games that I played with a friend of mine while he was unemployed and could just sort of hang out with me until 5 in the morning and we could play cooperatively on the LAN. So it's one of those things where, you know, the, the maxim is that everything is better multiplayer. Uh, so I definitely – that helped a lot going through Sacred 2 is being able to play it with a buddy. Um, McMaster, that means you're up. What do you have for your game of the week? Because it's probably World of Warcraft, right? It totally is. Uh, No. Uh,
1: Because you won't let me pick it anymore. So (laughs) my game of the week this week is a little gem I've been playing uh, at work because it's uh, pretty easy to hide. That's a pro tip. Uh, It's called Defender's Quest, Valley of the Forgotten. What? You just made this up. That's not a real thing. No, that's a real thing. (laughs) Uh, And it's a uh, tower defense game. Uh it has kind of uh has RPG elements to it where you build these characters up and like you give them skills and stuff and instead of towers you summon them each level and they fight, so uh yeah, I don't know. It's pretty neat. Thumbs up. Defender's Quest Valley of the Forgotten? Yes. Well, you know, and I'll tell you the reason I initially uh it caught my eye is I I love tower defense games. So I was, uh, browsing through some, and one of the features of this game is, and I quote, it also features an engaging, character driven story written by an actual English major. <laughs> so, I like, uh, I was like, well, I'll be damned. Uh, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to witness this. Please bathe me in your sweet English major light. And,
0: uh, yeah. Yeah, but and anyway, McMaster, it what, itself what, is pretty good. Tell us a bit about the story. What What is the story? Yeah, is it good? Yeah. Um, I guess. <laughs> wow. go ahead. It's, it's McMaster, I know you're probably worried about spoilers, but go ahead. We'll, we don't mind. Oh, you don't mean to oh, – all right.
1: So you play as a uh, royal advisor or mm. uh, royal librarian that gets stuck in some place called the pit, which is terrible and it's full of these zombie things that really just kill anybody they want to, except for you, because you can shift into some alternate reality where you fight on the spirit level, and you summon your buddies'
0: spirits, and they all uh, fight on that level with you. And... McMaster, where did I need some more information about the origin story for this character. Where did he get these powers? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe really... the...
1: There's no real build-up for it. You know, you just kind of wake up there and uh, start killing stuff. It's it's a... Uh, it's Sounds like uh, how I
3: start every morning.
1: <laughs> it's like an English major wrote it, you know? I mean, it took... <laughs> because there's,
2: there's absolutely smoking? no
1: setup, and there's, um, there's really not, like, fantastic dialogue. It's okay. And there's a couple of, like, basic jokes. But anyway, the game itself is pretty entertaining, uh, as it... Uh, offers uh, a lot of different you know, uh, avenues to level up and a bunch of different character classes to play with. So Mc- Magic Power Defense and Final Fantasy Tactics.
0: Tell me one to three things, as few as one, as many as three, oh. that separate this game from other tower defense games. I'll accept oh. one. If you can give me three, I'll be tickled pink. All right, so... It was written by an actual. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's one.
1: Uh, now, uh, two <laughs> um, <laughs> the character uh, progression is unlike most tower defense games. You do get to keep character um, experience between levels. You gain.
0: Like every other tower defense game going.
1: Uh, yeah, these are individual <laughs> characters, and you also replace their equipment, etc. You can upgrade equipment and find magic artifacts.
0: And Oh, you're talking about like the pieces, like what would be the towers or characters, and you level those, up uh, yes. and they have right. inventories. Oh, you know what, McMaster, you're selling me. All right, if you can give me one more thing, then I will actually want to play this game.
1: All right, uh, there are multiple difficulty levels, much like most other tower defense games, but... Uh, each different difficulty level offers like different magic items and different bonuses if you complete them perfectly and stuff like that for your. Uh, that's character. how difficulty
0: levels should work. I'm not. I'm not going to accept that one. That's getting... <laughs> <But> <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah, that's an automatic five out of ten on the scale, though, right? Is that's it, true.
0: It, it's it Halfway works? to a to a decent score. Go on. All right. Um,
1: I've already said English major. Um... <laughs> Yeah, like five times. <laughs> yeah, but still, English major.
3: Wow.
0: Uh, McMaster, where does this quest take place? Uh, in the in Valley the of the Forgotten. I mean, hmm. I wonder if that's maybe an aptly chosen name. Maybe that's something that the English major contributed. Uh, right, I think so. I mean,
1: you know, no offense intended to said English major, but it's like a weird selling point. I mean, the rest of the paragraph is the story strives to be fast-paced, snappy, and always relevant to gameplay. Events and dialogue explain things as they become relevant to the player, minimizing exposition. Okay. Wow. is this is like a, a Ernest uh, Hemingway.
0: Uh, kind of ah. It's very journalistic, this one, right. I guess. Yeah, very sounds very Raymond Carver. I, I like the sound of this. McMaster, is this – I didn't even catch this. Is this on the iPad? Uh, you know, it it might be. It's oh, on but Steam. no, you're you're playing a PC. Okay, it's a PC game. All
1: right. Well, actually, yeah, it's. Uh, but what's different about it is it's also available for Linux and Macintosh.
0: Mm, not familiar with those things. What are they? <laughs> Rad. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, my game of the week is also a PC game, and it has a way better title than yours, McMaster. Are you ready for this? Okay. Monaco. What's yours is mine. Yeah. All right. You're not going to forget that title. That's that's not going to fall into the Valley of the Forgotten. Uh, so am I the only one who's looked at this thing? Because I was just completely blindsided by how cool this is. Does anyone um, here know what Monaco is? I spent about an hour playing before the podcast, and it's pretty awesome. Uh, Vicky or Nick, have, have either of you tried or know what Monaco is? It's pretty uh, sweet. No, sorry. Oh, Vicky, I'm sorry. You're the odd man out. Uh, well, uh, okay, so... Yeah. For your benefit, uh, Vicky, we will describe Monaco. So uh, Monaco looks like, I'm not even sure how to describe, like the look of it, it just looks like some cute top-down retro kind of thing where you run around in a maze and you pick up coins. Very pixelated. Very pixelated, and I I made and immediately regretted, once I started playing the game, a snarky comment about, oh, it's like Pac-Man. Um, because that's what I think of. You run around a maze and pick up coins. Oh, that is so 1979. Uh, but that's, that's it's so much more. So yeah. these mazes are each cool little levels. And there's this kind of story that, that strings out from this. But the idea is that each maze has a particular heist that you have to do. And what you do to do the heist is you pick one of, I think at this point I'm up to like six of them, you pick a unique character with a unique ability. Now like if it was Pac-Man, you just walk around and you pick up the coin. But because it's not like Pac-Man, each character has some unique power that no one else can do that lets you interact with the environment in an interesting way or you can fight people or whatever. So the character you pick kind of determines how you're going to play the level. and there are little items you can pick up. You can only carry one inventory item, so you can kind of augment your character's special power with an inventory item. So there's this elegant sense of my character can do two actions while I run around in the level and, and, and pick up these coins. Okay, um, I have a question. Yes, ma'am. Uh, it,
3: <laughs> is every character able to complete any level, or is it just one character that's able to complete each level?
0: I'm pretty sure any character... Well, when you say complete a level, one of the things that I didn't explain is that this is a score-based game. So almost any character, I'm pretty sure... Sh- yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm positive. Any character could complete any level, but mm. because your score is based on two things, the time it took you to, to do the objective, and any coin that you didn't pick up, you get a time penalty. It adds to your time. So any character can do it, but the good characters can do it more quickly and mm. can... Grab the most coins, and certain levels are definitely suited to particular characters. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so to to. Uh I think there's something like 35 levels in the game. Just to give you a sense of what the first seven levels are, they're spinning out. It's all set, I presume, in Monaco. So the little dudes, the guards who are chasing you, they speak French. There's this great (laughs) piano music that sounds like old silent movie music uh, that plays, and it's very context-sensitive, too. I love that about it. Uh, So the whole thing seems to be set in Monaco, but the very first part of the game is you rob a bank. That's one level. And then you have to free this hacker who you need from an insane asylum because he's crazy and then you have to free this gentleman the character's called the gentleman and he can wear disguises and walk around the level unmolested you have to get him out of the lebanese embassy and then you have to steal a boat but then the boat shipwrecks and you have to escape from the burning boat so these are each the levels and this is the sense of like how clever and playful they get with what they do with the levels um so uh uh McMaster, do you have a favorite character at this point in the game? Who have you played with mostly?
1: Okay. Well I'm kind of uh nutty when it comes to games like this because I I'll I'll play a level and if I have an option to play it over to get a better score, I will do so. And uh and there oh looks like a truck's coming to pick me up. Whoa, <laughs> sweet lord. <laughs> McMaster, your ride is here. Oh, thank god. <laughs> Um, but no, uh, <laughs> uh, if I have an option to play uh, a level multiple times uh, to try different things out, I will. Uh, so I've played the lock pick, or is it the Locksmith? Is that his name? Is it the Locksmith? Yeah, it's the Locksmith. It's the Locksmith. Uh, I've played him multiple times, and um, I like him uh, quite a bit, but I, I did play the, the cleaner a bit, but unfortunately on the level... But I played the cleaner. Uh, I kind of—it's—it's not a—you sneak up and tap
0: people on the back, kind of level. Because it's very dependent, yeah. Which character you use, yeah, definitely certain characters are better geared to other to certain levels. Uh, Nick, who are you leaning towards?
2: I love the uh, gentleman. Who doesn't? You do.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs)
0: So one of, one of the items you can pick up, uh, which is on certain levels, is a disguise. And you pick up the yeah. disguise, and there's a little timer that counts down. And before the timer is counted all the way down, guards won't bother you. You can just walk around. Uh, Nick, what does the
2: gentleman bring to the table? Uh, well, for me, I and I know this sounds weird, but it's got those little like between-level sort of cinematics. They're not even really cinematics. I don't, I don't know what I'd call them, really. But I love they're like, they're, the gentleman. They're, yeah, they're cutscenes. They're cinematic. Yeah, the little yeah. cutscene things, like the gentleman stuff, is awesome. But but he also he, he
0: gets a replenishable disguise. Like anytime he's hidden, he builds up that disguise bar. Um, so so I get the sense, and this this is also borne out in those cutscenes you're talking about, Nick, that he's the really dashing debonair Sean Connery type spy who can just walk around, and he's too cool and confident to you know nobody's going to mess with him. Yeah uh, you definitely get a sense and and you know he's just a cluster of pixels basically but they give it so much personality with his special power and with those cute little
2: cutscenes yeah yeah there's a lot of character with these guys they i mean they really are just a little blob of pixels it, yeah. it, you know if you didn't know who they were it, I, there's no way I would be able to guess what these are supposed to be yeah. but and we're we-
1: still recording we should be playing
2: and with the levels too you know there's a lot
0: of personality in the levels i i i just love each level i love exploring them uh because part of the scoring is hey get every coin on this level uh that's a great way to encourage you to to look into every room and to see these cute little details they've put in and i like too how you can press a button and it'll clearly show you all of the levels in this particular map because most of the the maps have multiple levels. You know, there's the, the basement level and the first story and the second story, like that. Um, and you can press a button to see how many coins are left on each level. So it encourages exploration without this blindly. You know, oh, I got to look in this room. Oh, I got to look in that room. You know exactly how much of the level is still unexplored. Uh, I, I like that a lot. Um, uh, I am leaning towards uh, the collector. Because I love watching that little monkey run around and pick up uh, coins. Like that is so gratifying because <laughs> normally you're like, there's a coin over there. I really want to go get it, but that guard is in the way. Ah, forget it. I'm not going to mess with the guard. I'm just going to skip it. But if you have the collector, the monkey just runs over there and gets the coin for you. I love that guy. Uh, and his name, of course, uh, Hector. <laughs> well, I mean, duh. Yeah. (laughs) Great name for a monkey. So, uh, McMaster, you mentioned we should be playing it now. Uh, it's got multiplayer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And how does that work?
1: Uh, I haven't tried it yet.
0: (laughs) Ah, well you should. So it, you can play it online, but it also works with up to four people locally, you know, because each map is pretty much one screen. There's a little wiggle room. Uh, but, uh, you could play with like Bomberman, for instance, you could play with just four people in the same room. Um, Hmm. And it's just – I've only played it with two so far, but uh, it just adds so much more, you know, gameplay and personality when you put additional characters on the screen there. Uh, And one of the things I really like seeing from the leaderboard, uh, you know, a game like this, one of the problems might be that there's no incentive to play it multiplayer because you're just going to be more efficient playing it alone. Um, But because of the way the characters work – I love seeing on the leaderboard that a lot of the high scores are multiple players. And you can definitely see by the score, you know, which characters and how many of them did the mission. Um, so even though there's more chaos from having more players play at once, you're definitely going to be able to get more coins. You're going to be able to get through certain situations more easily. Um, so multiplayer, uh, I think it works great. And they've done a great job with that. So there you go. That's my game of the week. Uh, Monaco, what's yours is mine. Um, uh, so let's see uh, What else uh, do you, Have you guys been playing Besides I, I'm, I'm disappointed Nobody mentioned Dead Island McMaster
1: Well I haven't played as much As you have I mean I've been Voodooing some
0: bitch You know And <laughs> did you bring your Sam B along from the last Game or did you start a new character
1: No I played it on the 360 primarily So when I got it on Steam This time I started a new Sam B
0: right. You know, you're not you're not playing the new character, the guy with the Wolverine claws. No, I'm Sam V, man. I mean,
1: come
2: on. (laughs) I know. He's from Nolens. Wait, (laughs) back up. There's a guy with Wolverine claws in the new one. Yeah. So uh, Dead Island has four
0: characters and they have to give them all some sort of a basic, you know, theme or prototype. So you have Sam V, who's basically the tank. He has hammers. He was my uh, favorite. Yep. Uh, You can't play him because McMaster's playing him, Nick. Nick, Uh we need need you to be the Asian sword chick. Uh. Uh, Vicky, you get to be the uh, aboriginal gun chick. (laughs) Sure. Uh, Wait, what does that leave me? apparently that leaves you. (laughs) No, I'm playing the drunk footballer guy now. Oh, I didn't want to play him. (laughs) But he has Wolverine claws? No, no, no. The drunk footballer throws knives. I think that's his main... Oh, so there's five characters now. Yeah, yeah. So the fifth character who they just added, and I I don't understand... Yeah, his angle, his particular unique ability, is using, like, Wolverine claws. Uh, And I think he's supposed to be, like, Australian Special Forces or something... First of all, I didn't even know Australia had special forces. Uh, and second of all, uh, he's just really bland. I, I don't – he doesn't stand
2: out so, much for me. So the Australian special forces issues Wolverine clause?
0: Uh, you, I, I don't – does that sound like a bad idea, Nick? I mean, I
2: think that's – No, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, you know, I army. <laughs> that's awesome. I
3: kind of want to move to Australia now.
2: Yeah, you know they'll
0: they'll protect you. Yeah, you got Wolverine claw guys running around. Um, so yeah, so Dead Island. One of the things, uh, McMaster, have you done many of the side missions? Like no, they, no, I haven't yet. It it really does feel like Dead Island over again, but with more stuff in it. Uh, you know, there's another, there's more stuff you can level. Uh, the little side missions are more. Uh, you can bring along people to do them with you. Like there's more interacting with the NPCs with battles and stuff. Uh, and I think they managed to cram more zombies on screen. Uh, it definitely feels harder, which I really like about it.
1: It looks better, actually. Uh, Does it really?
0: Like, Well, that's because you've gone from the 360 to the PC. Well, okay, yeah, that's probably fair. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, Little Dead Island, maybe we'll talk more about that next week. Uh, what else are you guys playing? Anything of note? Mm,
3: Diablo three.
0: <sighs> Thank you, Vicky. I... Uh- no no seriously I I, I still like Diablo 3 I'm still a sucker for that game i've I've fallen so hard for for that uh yeah so I, I've ducked into Diablo 3 from time to time recently as well um what what character are you, are you leaning towards Vicky who do you play
3: uh, I always play as a, a female monk that's just, just what I chose at the beginning and I don't really plan on changing it yeah it's an all right game there's The storyline is is pretty good, but the actual gameplay is kind of boring, no offense.
0: (gasps) How dare you. I'm sorry,
3: but you could just beat the (laughs) game by clicking a million times. Just basically click at the bad guys and your monk person will kill them for you. That's about it.
0: Can I make a, uh, not a prediction, can I guess something about you and Diablo 3? Sure, go right ahead. Have you never gotten to, uh, what's the first level, Infernal, Nightmare, Hell Mode? What is uh, What it, You guys help me out here. What is it called once you beat the game and you're in the next tier? Hell. It is Hell. So, Vicki, have you gotten to Hell level yet?
3: <laughs> no, nope, no, I haven't.
0: So
1: yeah, it's not if, so clicky, haha, at that point. I'll give you that.
0: And, and it's, yeah. it's 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 a legitimate criticism because one of the things that they've, They've since addressed it in a way that I want to mention in a second. But it it is a legitimate issue with when you sit down to play Diablo 3, if you think of it as a game about going through four acts to then find Diablo and kill him, it's never going to be that challenging. And and Vicky, to call it boring, I think is completely legitimate because there are no substantial obstacles on the way to getting up there and killing Diablo. You know, the difficulty level is low enough, and the death penalty is inconsequential enough (laughs) that you just sit there and click long enough, you've killed Diablo. And if that's what you think of as the game, you're done, and yeah, that was boring. But what Blizzard does is you then replay it at harder difficulty levels for greater rewards. And I feel that it's not until you get to those harder difficulty levels that your choices matter about what skills you're using, how you interact with the different monsters, because it's ultimately about working your way back through the content and along the way dealing with what are called these blue and yellow monsters. They're the elite and, forget, legendary or whatever. You'll run into them, and when you're first playing the game through, each of those monsters only has, like, one special power. But when you're playing through on Hell, Inferno, Nightmare Mode, they start having more and more powers, and the challenge increases substantially as you're going your way towards Diablo when you run into these guys. You never know when you're going to run into them. Uh, you never know what good things they may or may not drop. Uh, but I just sort of feel like, for me, Diablo 3 didn't really come alive until I was up to those harder difficulty levels. And one of the things that Blizzard did, to their credit, is they, uh, they patched this in only, I think, a couple of months ago. They let you set... The difficulty level for the game. It's called Monster Power, and you can boost this even on your first playthrough and make the game more difficult, where it pushes back a little harder, and also increase the rewards you're getting, where you're leveling up faster and getting better loot. Um, but I definitely agree with you, Vicky, that on the first playthrough at the default level, it just feels like a formality. Yeah. Uh, McMaster, what did you uh, get? Did you get to Inferno mode? You've got a you've got a maxed out yeah. character. You've got a level sixty, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I've played through Oh gosh, I think I even made it through the first level but not you know of hell or whatever it is the first, the highest level one. Um and I have all the uh the fancy unicorn pony lands except for the last one too, uh which are ridiculous.
0: Uh, uh Nick, did you push very far through Diablo 3?
2: Uh I got up to level uh I don't know which difficulty I was but I was level 40 something so not super far right
0: and did it bounce off you like like uh or is, did it get its hooks into you like me
2: uh it did it did really didn't get its hooks into me I just I, I I just felt like uh at a certain point well okay I'm seeing the same level again I'm kind of done right
0: uh who here uses the auction house anyone Oh, God, no. Uh, it's worth ducking in there. I mean, it, it as far as money sakes, it, it, I definitely agree with the complaint that it kind of robs the game of some of its charm in terms of being about looking for treasure, and hey, what drops am I going to find if I kill these monsters? When you can go in the auction house and pretty much get whatever you want. Uh, yeah, and- it, it's a total
1: uh, killjoy. Like, yeah, I've used it, the gold one, not the money one, of course, but uh, and yeah, it's just kind of a, oh, look, I'm going to go buy the most powerful weapon I've ever seen for a real reasonable amount of gold.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it, They've done nothing to address this sense of like inflating. In hardcore mode, of course, when you die, you lose all your stuff. But for people not buying on the hardcore mode auction house, I just don't understand how they think the economy is supposed to work. Because the more people play, they're just funneling more stuff in there, and it never goes away. Like whole- It's just this huge inflation-based economy where... Uh, I, I everything is so cheap, and there's no reason for me to not have the best gear, even though I'm not a power player, and I don't have a crazy amount of money, but the money I've got, I can get my character out just fine. So I kind of have to voluntarily right. think, okay, I'm not going to play with the auction house. It's just going to ruin the game.
1: Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's it's kind of a big deal, because as soon as you hit 60, you can go to the auction house and purchase a weapon that's like 10 or 20 times better than the weapon you're currently using. Yeah. And for nothing, you know, I, it, it's really, it's such a spoiler.
0: <laughs> it, it definitely makes me appreciate in Path of Exile how they've created an economy that does not have gold. You know, their their economy, their gear system, I really love what they've done in Path of Exile. And it just highlights how poorly thought out some of the gear stuff is in, in Diablo. And I also like in Path of Exile how they have those events to encourage you to play in different That's ways. Like rolling up a character, seeing how far you can get in a week. Uh, there's like these challenges. And man, I, I wish Diablo had something like that.
1: Um, yeah, Beth of Exile is a pretty
0: cool game. Yeah. so It's
2: no Sacred 2. Yes. Oh, well. <laughs> there's no butt rock concert in the middle of it, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite ever.
0: Also, uh, Nick, there is no uh, auction house in Sacred 2, so it's got
2: that going for it. That's true. Uh, Although it does have that weird, inscrutable uh, turning gems or whatever they are, charms into skills. What the heck? Nick, it's
0: called the skill system.
2: Uh, (laughs) That whole system is awful. No,
0: it's not. It's Teutonic. Just because it's Teutonic, it's intricate. It's meticulous, (laughs) not awful. You're using the wrong adjectives, Nick. You need to... You need to change an attitude. That's all. That's your problem. It's not a a Sacred 2 problem. It's a Nick Diamond problem.
2: It's a Nick problem. Somebody's monocle just popped out big time.
0: Uh, right. well that's this week's podcast. McMaster, what are we going to bring folks next week? Pain! Um, And Games of the Week and News of the Week. Alright, so uh, from me, Nick, Vicky, and McMaster, thanks to everyone for listening to us, and we will see everyone here Next week, join us then, McMaster. I will give you ten bonus points if you can name this music. All
1: right, I'm trying to think. It's tangentially. Is that Hotline Miami? McBaster, you
0: are the winner of 10 bonus points. Congratulations.
1: Hey, I have played a good bit of Hotline Miami. That is one of the most, like, rhythmic rhythmic
2: and Jeez,
0: McBaster, you never cease to amaze me. That was awesome.